All right. So wear a mask, don't wear a mask. That's the big question that's really addressing the restaurant industry in a very big way. And today we're going to break it down. My name is Paul Barron, and this is the Barron Report. All right, we're going to get a chance to talk to Dr. Christopher Murray, which is from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation, which is the IHME. He's going to break down some of our questions, but we've also got a ton of data to share with you today. And I want to kind of start breaking down some of these points. When you look at the coronavirus and how it's impacted the restaurant industry, um, mainly, obviously, the, the biggest issue was the closure. Obviously, we are moving past that into our stage one and now even stage two in some states. The big scenario that's starting to play out across America is the whole mask wearing debacle uh, and whether or not it's going to impact restaurants and whether or not it's going to impact consumers coming out into restaurants. So I want to break down the mask debate for restaurant patrons because that's kind of the thing that is hitting everyone um, front and center. Mainly it's putting the restaurant operators at odds with their own customers. I saw it the other night in a great restaurant that I go to where a regular who was there had a chance. He was in there at the bar, not wearing a mask, and he was not uh, adhering to social distancing. The restaurant asked him to leave. He got very irate. He got very upset, and he stormed out of the restaurant. Those are the kind of things that are impacting restaurant operators in today. And I know that you guys are stuck in the middle because now you've got state and enforcement officials that are pressuring for both distancing and also the mask uh, regulations to abide by depending on your state. And you're dealing with customers who may not necessarily want to do that. So you're kind of stuck in between. We talked a little bit about this in some of our past episodes, uh, but I want to kind of break down into some of the news items. And these are uh, some of the elements. Florida cracking down on businesses that violate coronavirus orders, Governor Ron DeSantis says. And of course, this was based on some things that happened in Orlando where uh, the Knights Pub of Orlando actually lost their liquor license. Here's a clip from uh, the governor of Florida that kind of breaks down where the status is on mask wearing. Take a look. Uh, but, but it is important uh, to follow the guidelines. And if people see a, a pub or a restaurant, you know, if they're operating at 55%, okay, give them a warning, tell them, hey, 50. But if you go in and it's just like, mayhem like dance party usa and it's packed to the rafters uh that's just cut and dry and that's not just an innocent mistake and so i told him no tolerance for that just suspend the license and then we'll move on and then people will i hopefully get the message uh that these um these guidelines are in place for a reason um after discovering that there were some flagrant violations with the knight's pub based on contact tracing it was very easy 13 employees. We had 28 patrons that tested positive, and due to their advertisements, we pulled their liquor license last night. Um, I've contacted several sheriffs. We're going to continue to do that throughout the state. This is simple. Like the governor said, those that are in flagrant violation, we have ABT officers that are going to be out from now on from 5 p.m. to 1 a.m. checking on these bars and restaurants that are in uh, violation of this, and we are going to issue uh, a warning to those that are trying to do the best they can, but that's not what we're talking about. But like I said, those that were flagrant will be just um, will be suspending their license. That starts. Uh, we started this actually last week. Right now, last week, we're going to continue this until we get this right. And uh, if you're not willing to do that, then um, you're going to get uh, going to get a visit here from um, you know. I guess he'll he'll be kind of the grim reaper in terms of business licenses because uh, there's not going to be any tolerance for it. All right, so you can see the state of Florida is uh, really going down the hard line on enforcing restaurants and bars 
to maintain the social distancing and the mass uh, regulations that are enforced here in Florida, obviously as a hot zone. I'm going to share some data with you in a moment from the IHME that talks about that. But before we get into that, here's a, a clip from Business Insider, which is showing Miami, 27% of coronavirus uh, tests are coming back positive. Uh, if you look at that, it's the second day in a row now with more than a quarter of tests were positive. It makes Miami a standout example of how much the U.S. Exper- is experiencing a surge in these uh, COVID-19 cases. Um, other things, too, is we looked at some of our own data. 75, almost 80% of Floridians do not want to wear masks. So this is a big factor where you have basically the patrons and um, residents of Florida who are pushing back. We saw this with Palm Beach. There was some, there's a ton of news out on that. I probably should have brought a clip in on that. But the point was is that the, uh, the patrons there in Palm Beach really were pushing back in a big way. These were not the businesses. These were actually the uh, residents of Palm Beach in reference to uh, requiring uh, residents now in, in Palm Beach County to wear a mask. So we had a chance to ask Christopher Murray, uh, Dr. Murray, a little bit about why the recent spike in cases here in the United States. Here's what he had to say. New estimates for the United States through to October 1st are up to uh, nearly 200,000 deaths. That increase of uh, more than 30,000 deaths since last week is due to increases in six states uh, that we're seeing particularly in the forecasts. Those six states uh, in order of importance are Florida, California, Georgia, and then we see Arizona, Alabama, and Texas. In all of those states, if you look at the data, that's what's driving this increase. We've seen uh, sustained increases in cases and hospitalizations uh, and deaths now in Arizona. We are seeing uh, increases in Florida of a similar nature. In California, cases have been going up for quite some time, but now we're starting to see deaths stop declining and actually start to increase. And the same story, we're seeing uh, increases finally in deaths uh, after several weeks of increasing cases in Texas. So basically, we're finding that the uh, these epidemics are have turned in those settings, and we're getting from the three sources, cases, hospitalizations, and deaths, pretty clear evidence of a rise. That translates into a longer protracted period of transmission in each of those states and some other states as well. And that means going into September, when we expect due to seasonality transmission to go back up, we expect more transmission if children go back to school, that having more infections remaining in the community in those states is also going to sort of have an accelerated effect on increased transmission uh, as things may turn uh, less favorably because of seasonality to being, uh, you know, um, increased potential for transmission. All right, so you can see this. So we've got a lot of states that are being hit in a very big way. Obviously, the bigger states, when you look at the restaurant industry, Florida, California, Texas, these are the uh, Moby Dicks of the restaurant industry. They, they are the largest categories outside of New York being in there. These are an impact to the restaurant industry in terms of the dining out. I want to share some data with you, but before we get to that, here was our last little uh, nugget of information, which is what you see here from Sun Sentinel. Shut it down. Floridians told to quarantine if they travel to New York, Connecticut, or New Jersey. This has been a big uh, kind of a shift of fate 
where now Floridians are uh, being asked to, to obviously when they get to New York, if they are traveling there, is, is go into a 14-day quarantine. This is, will be and could be a pretty big uh, situation if we start to see government mandate on travel issues that could require Californians, Texans, Floridians, Alabamans, Georgians uh, to actually not travel outside their states. These are some pretty crazy things that could be implementing providing that we continue to see the spread. Now, here's some things that are happening on data that we pulled. Uh, and when you look at um, the data, it's, it kind of shows uh, a little bit about where uh, the industry is currently standing. This is based on both dining in and off-premise data update. And we looked at three hot zones, being the Florida, Texas, and Arizona hot zones. And I want to share with you these slides right here. So first thing you see here is a 5-1 was our metric of when we were uh, looking at this, mostly no in, in uh, restaurant dining at that time. Uh, the rise in transactions, these are transaction counts uh, over that two-week period of 5-13 uh, rose here. Let's just take Florida to 23 transactions a day. So people were tentative to go back in and dine. Uh, so they started uh, coming back though. Uh, then we moved to 527 and we see a massive spike, especially here in Florida, of 68 transactions per restaurant on average. Uh, Florida, I mean, Texas and Arizona trailing slightly behind at 51 and 48 transactions. That's on 527. Here's the interesting part. On 6-1, two weeks later, um, what we see there is a drop in in-store or in dining in transactions. So it's quite possible that the fear factor started coming back into the consumers or consumers were going into restaurants and seeing maybe social distancing and mask issues not being implemented or enforced and have decided to opt out. And I want to show you some additional data here. This continues to, to slide. Here we are on 625, two weeks later. We are now in Florida at 39 transactions on average to 36 in Texas and 20 falling off sharply in the state of Arizona. So this is a big deal because it shows a quick peak, people coming back, and then somewhat people saying, wait a minute, maybe we're not ready to go back into restaurants yet. So this is a factor I think that we're going to continue to see. We will uh, stay uh, updated on this. We'll continue to bring you more coverage on how this is going. This next slide right here is the off-premise uh, data. And this is another one that was kind of showing. So as you can kind of see from 5.1, off-premise started sliding down. We were in the 91, 89, 85 transactions per day uh, on average uh, in the 1st of May, uh, dropping into the 70s and uh, low 60s there in Arizona on 513, and then all the way down on 527 to 68. And here on 611, you start to see the same thing occur. So if you go back one slide, you can kind of see the uh, the slide going down here on in uh, in restaurant dining, and then this one right here, right about the same time, the takeout delivery and um, uh, third party and off-premise really start to move up. So it's a it's an interesting handshake that the restaurant industry is is trying to deal with right now because the factor that you run into and and I've experienced this in restaurants already is there is a handoff between curbside, dine-in, takeout, third-party, all that, and restaurants coming back in. So if you can imagine you're a restaurant operator, you've been prepped for doing 90 to 100 transactions a day over here outside your restaurant. All of a sudden, you have people sitting in your restaurant 
your kitchen is trying to keep up with that and it doesn't have a good handoff. And what ends up is patrons in a restaurant end up having to spend more time in a restaurant, hence more exposure. All of these factors start to play and it becomes kind of a trickle effect across the industry. Uh, so I, th- I do think we are going to continue to see a slide. I don't know where that number is going to start or stop. Uh, in these high exposure states. I think it will depend on some data. I had a chance to talk with uh, Dr. Uh, Murray again around refinements they made to a forecasting model. And I'm going to share that with you. But before we do, I want to uh, let you take a look at this clip. In the last week, IHME has moved from its second generation uh, model, which is a combination statistical model and transmission dynamics model, to a further third generation refinement where the statistical algorithm used to process case notifications, hospitalization data, and death data into a coherent time trend has been improved. And then we are also have on the transmission dynamics component of the model added further covariates to the model, including things like air pollution, uh, smoking rates, uh, altitude, Uh, as well as paying much more attention to the details available in the Facebook survey, which provide us information about contact rates and mask use in much more detail around the world. And those uh, refinements have led us to change our modeling strategy, uh, and we see this as an important improvement as we move forward and think both about what's likely to occur as well as some of the alternative uh, trajectories that could occur if different policy strategies are implemented. All right, so the model that uh, the doctor is talking about there is on the the website for IHMA, uh, which is IHMA. Actually, you can just go to healthdata.org to find it. But what, what you're seeing on screen here right now is the model. And if you notice here today is where my cursor is, you can kind of see this is uh, both for wearing masks because that's the big factor that they're uh, really pro- uh, proposing is that the more and more of patrons community are wearing masks. And you don't necessarily see a big difference in this until around uh, what looks to be July 18th, July 20th. Then we start to see the model split apart. Uh, and the green line that I'm following along right here on screen is if the area is wearing masks, we start to see a leveling off of cases, deaths, et cetera. Uh, so if you go to uh, their website, you'll be able to actually go and, and check what I'm doing here online. And you can do it for your state. Right now, we have it done for Florida. We'll take a look at uh, uh, Texas here in a second. But if you look at Florida, The date that we're really interested in is July 22nd. July 22nd is when we're going to send, potentially, if their model is correct, uh, that's when we would see a leveling off. So we have three more weeks, which is a big concern for the restaurant industry here because three more weeks, really almost four more weeks, uh, could really be a detriment if we see the continuance of a slide in people dining out. Now, granted, that's going to mean miss less people in the community, which means less people needing to wear masks. And maybe this model is based on uh, that potentially happen- happening. But there's a lot of factors that start to play into this. I want to jump over to Texas real quick and um, 
you can kind of see when Texas is in this same situation. So here I am in Texas uh, today. Uh, Their situation starts to split apart around July 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Uh, Seems to be the area for Texas uh, of where you can kind of look at this. The gray line is the projection, the easing is what we've seen in terms of just the easing in terms of cases. Uh, And then if you implement the mask, obviously now we're looking at out here into September. Things really get a lot different in the state of Texas. But that is months away from uh, September. And that's the factor and probably the biggest concern of the restaurant industry right now is how to deal with it. Now, I've talked to many restaurant operators who've said that they can handle the off-premise, if that's the way we have to do it. It is the mix and blend. And I've seen restaurants who have actually shut down their restaurant dining rooms. Uh, We got a chance to talk to the Pincho Factory or Pincho uh, CEO, Otto Othman, who actually talked about that, potentially extending his dining room shutdowns to accommodate, but dealing with more takeaway and dine out. The other factor that comes into this is international. Now, international is a big factor in states like Texas, California, and Florida, us being coastal and border uh, states with many international, mostly South America, uh, and where some of those hot zones are hitting. And I wanted to go to a clip here with uh, Dr. Christopher Murray on this in terms of the international impact and take a look. We are very concerned about the trajectory around the epidemic in uh, southern Latin America, particularly Brazil, but also Argentina and Chile, where we're seeing in many parts of Brazil and in Argentina and Chile rapid increases despite having in place uh, considerable social distancing mandates, despite having quite high mask use rates. And so this breakthrough, if you will, of transmission in the setting of considerable efforts to decrease transmission is extremely concerning. Uh, It's happening in the context of the uh, winter season in the Southern Hemisphere. And we also are seeing increasingly strong evidence of seasonality that would suggest that transmission will be intensified in those settings. And that may be part of the reason we see this sort of breakthrough transmission. But it does point out that uh, it will be very challenging to contain transmission in those settings and will require a concerted effort by individuals and by government to try to find ways to break the transmission cycle and avoid uh, the hospital systems being overwhelmed and avoid unnecessary deaths. So we will be monitoring what happens in those countries very closely and be trying to see if the modeling that we produce can be useful in some way to articulate different uh, control strategies that might be used in those settings. All right. So international, again, like I said, is, you know, why does that really matter for the restaurant industry? And in many cases, uh, South America has a large amount of populace uh, within these border states that do uh, come in. And not only that, there's a lot of people that just family members, et cetera, that are exposed. And that's creating another scenario. If you look at Chile, uh, which is uh, Chile, uh, what I've got here on screen right now, you can kind of see their same situation as he was referencing. They're kind of in the same boat here as we are in Florida. But this is in reference to uh, the de- or, or the total cases. Let's take a look here on how this changes if they can get compliance going 
uh, in terms of daily deaths. This is a big factor here. And then moving on here to daily infections and testing, a big drop off is going to happen right about now. Uh, end of June, this is where it's going to really start to split apart and we'll see some easing uh, in these international countries, which will help in terms of uh, the infection potentially coming into the United States through some of these border states that we're dealing with, uh, being Florida, Texas, and California, which are hot zones already just due to their population. The reason that matters is because, again, it's back to the whole scenario. The restaurant industry's largest representation are in those three states, Florida, Texas, and California, both in terms of revenue, terms of unit count, and in terms of daily transactions. And when you look at all of those things combined, this is going to be for a very interesting summer to see how this plays out. My recommendations, and I've talked to many operators, is that you really need to start controlling your dining rooms in a very big way and really ramp up your off-premise model because that most likely is going to be the model you're going to have to use all the way through fall and possibly into 2021 because obviously we will see a spike, whether it's flu season or other things like that that are going to happen. So stay tuned right here. We're going to continue to track the off-premise data and how it's intersecting with both in, uh, in restaurant dining and also how these states are being affected as well. Uh, if you have a great idea, make sure and send it to us to producer at foodabletv.com. We're always looking for great guests and people. We do have a topic coming up next week on real estate and the impact that's going to have on the restaurant industry. So I want you to stay tuned for that. And again, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, make sure and drop us a review. If you're over on YouTube, smash the like and subscribe. It's the way you get great content here from Foodable Network. My name is Paul Barron. This is the Barron Report. We'll catch you next time.